Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Dilly Ding, Dilly Dong, the Leicester Mercury's Leicester City podcast. I'm Rob Tanner and joining me today down in the bowels of the King Power Stadium is James the Sharp End Sharp. Hello, James. Hi, Robert. Uh, we've just been uh, sat through uh, Claude Puel's pre-match press conference for the visit of Newcastle on Saturday, and we're going to be discussing all the stories that are coming out uh, from that press conference. But before we start, in the usual accustomed manner, I'd like to uh, uh, point you in the direction of beer52.com. Yeah, head over to beer52.com, use the tagline Leicester to register, and you could be enjoying eight beers from around the world for free. All you got to do is pay the poaches and packing. Now, let's start with the bad news, yeah. unfortunately, James, team news-wise, and it's regarding Matty James, the, the most unlucky footballer I've ever come across. Yes, so he missed the game against Brighton um, because Claude said that he felt something in his, in his Achilles and Paul confirmed today that Matty James has had an operation on that Achilles which will rule him out for the rest of the season. So that's that's James's season over, season done. He missed 15 games earlier on in the season with an, with an Achilles problem. Now, we're not sure if it's the same Achilles or it's the same problem or it's a recurrence of that issue. We're not sure. We just know that it's another Achilles problem and it's going to rule him out for the last seven games. And another huge blow for, like you say, the most the unluckiest player um, injury-wise for a long time. Well, this was done in training, wasn't it, this one? He's had, his, he had the surgery on Tuesday. Um, but um, Claude did say that it wasn't too serious and yeah. he should be back no problem for pre-season yeah he said, he said he'll be ready for next season so well we know we all know, we all know how much Claude rates Matty James um, sometimes it's been to, to frustration of a few fans but we know how much James fits into the style that Puel likes and wants and he made it very clear that he would be ready for next season, part of his plans for next season. And he says it's a good thing in a way because now he knows what, now he knows what the problem is. They can get it sorted and move on next season. Yeah, and there was some news about Danny Amati as well. We didn't know about him last week, did we? But he obviously didn't wasn't around the squad, so we assumed he was still injured. And that is still the case. It is indeed. Puel said that he will be back next week. He'll well, he'll return to training with the squad next week whether that means he'll be able to be fit in time for Burnley we're not quite sure but for the short term at least it means that Claude will now be without Wilfred Ndidi who is suspended without Matty James and without Daniel Amati in his central midfield pairings which leaves him a little bit short well this is the, the situation there um it was around obviously in January when we were talking about you know what areas of the squad uh, Puel would like to target strengthening. And we said the one area that he's really, really strong in is central midfield. Yeah, so much that he sent Andy King out on loan. Yeah, exactly. So Andy King's gone to Swansea. Now, and they did his uh, suspended for two games after his second uh, red card of the season last week at Brighton. Then he got Matty James news. Daniel Marty's been out with a hamstring injury for a while. He's now literally left with Vicente Bora and Adrian Silva of the senior midfield players in the squad. Exactly. And it gives fans the chance to hope or they may hope to see Ibora and Silva play alongside each other which they haven't yet done in the Premier League but 
as I know we talked about in an earlier podcast this week, and out of nowhere, Claude Paul mentioned in his press conference today, Hamza Chowdhury is also an option for him in central midfield. We asked we asked Puel today whether a ball and silver would fit together and he said well actually I have another option and that option is development squad captain Hamza Chowdhury who you would say if you're looking for a direct light flight replacement to Ndidi in terms of a ball winning hard hitting tackler Chowdhury is probably that and he's been around although he's only made two appearances in the, the first team uh, both a substitute uh, this season he has been around that first team uh, and travelled with them I, mean, I saw him at Brighton mm-hmm. Uh, down the tunnel um, by the dressing rooms uh, last weekend so you know he's hair envy yeah he's easy to spot he is easy to spot because of that barnet and I really wish I'd had it Um, but uh, so he's obviously getting experience he's he's getting used to being in that environment I think it's time you play him Uh, it really is I think um, ahead ahead of Silver or alongside Silver well I personally would like to play all three of them whether he would do that on a home soil home game possibly an away game but I think that just if you bring Silva in with um, a Bora and play a four-three-three, and, and that gives a bit of protection to young Hamza, make his debut on home soil, um, nice environment for him to do, very supportive environment for him to make that first team um, full debut. And uh, I mean, what's the point of bringing on these under twenty-three and spending all the money and, and, and having an elite status at the academy and that if you're not going to blood them? You've got to play him sooner or later, and, and it seems to me like this is a, the perfect opportunity. Yeah, possibly. I suppose you balance that with it's, it's, it's a risk to, to play a youngster when you're, you're now targeting Europa Leagues and you know you've got this race for seventh and you can't really afford many slip-ups. So it's a bit of a big ask to ask a youngster to come into that, and especially with the game at Burnley, which is humongous. What a responsibility that would be to fall on a young lad's shoulders like Chowdhury for such a big game. But if you have faith in youth, which Paul does, then maybe it, you don't see it as a risk. Maybe you see it as an opportunity to give a, a, a high-flying youngster the chance to show himself and show everyone what you believe he can do. And he, he brought him on for the last five minutes in that game against Tottenham, which was under intense pressure, under the, under the cosh against a quality team. So he's shown previously that he's got faith in Hamza. So we might be right. We might, we might see him. I think... Fans would it would be difficult for fans because they they weren't quite sure whether they want to see one of their own player or whether they want to see Adrian Silver get given a chance to show what he can do. The ideal scenario, like you like you said, is is play both, which would mean a change in system. But he's done that before. And it's going to be interesting. I'm quite like that, actually. I quite like that. Yeah, I just think it would just give the lad a bit of uh, security around him. You know, if he's, if he's having a few problems. See, this is the thing with young players. You only know if they can st- step up and take the pressure. And there's pressure in every Premier League game. You, you never got nothing to play for you've always got something to play for I mean even if you're in the mid-table you're still looking over your shoulder down the bottom or you're looking up there's always something to play for so you, you never know if the kid's going to make it unless you give him the chance and I think it's just uh, it's probably just time to, to do that and he could save himself some money as well so those three midfield Vardy up front and then Mahrez and Albright on the side yeah, yeah that's probably what I would go for um, but uh, who, who am I who am I to, to pick the team that's Claude's job but I will say if there's one manager in the Premier League that will blood a youngster like that, it would be Claude Puel. Yeah, we've seen we've seen it a lot. The stat we've used it a lot of times. We've seen a few of the nationals recently used it a few times. No other manager in Europe's top five divisions over the previous however many years it is has given more chances to youngsters than Puel. He's shown it already with Gray and Chilwell. Um, he stuck with them even when they've 
been showing little slight dips of form. He's kept with them. He's kept showing them faith. And I feel that Child is probably the next one in the, uh, on the rank for football to show faith in. Well, the uh, day started with the news that Puel is uh, one of the nominees for the Manager of the Month Award and also um, going for the Goal of the Month Award is Jamie Vardy and Riyad Mahrez. Vardy for that classic volley at West Bromwich Albion from uh, Mahrez's exquisite uh, uh, pass and uh, Mahrez for the late free kick against Bournemouth. So both are, are in contention for the Goal of the Month. The winner's got to come from one of those two, hasn't it? There's eight goals up for yeah, them. Yeah, I but, mean... But it, 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 should, Vardy. it should be Vardy. Vardy should win it. As Frank Lampard said on Match of the Day, it's his favourite goal of the season so far. Technically, it's superior to most, well, I'd say all of the others. Ashley Barnes' overhead kick's pretty good. Um, but his name's not Ronaldo, so people don't get over it, overly excited about that. The problem is it comes down to public, public vote, and there's lots of Arsenal fans on Twitter. <laughs> and lots of Man United fans on Twitter. It should be Vardy. Vardy's was 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 superb. It was sublime. But for someone who's been renowned as by some pundits as not being an actual finisher, that was one of the most technically proficient finishes you will see. And uh, it, it should win, but it probably won't. Well, he's been great goal scoring form as well. Yeah. The emphasis is going to be on him. Uh, we've just put a story online. Danny Simpson, the defender, saying that even his frightening pace. In training is uh, you know a nightmare for for his own teammates and, and defenders um, to deal with. So uh, almost like he's got pity for the defenders that have to face Vardy. <laughs> yeah, on well, match day. Well, Vardy's one of those players where you can imagine him in training, still giving it a hundred percent and still being as, an in- as in- intense as he always is. I mean, we've seen him in so many pre-season friendlies where they're meant to be like a nice slow moving up to getting ready for the season and Vardy flies into challenges, runs halfway across the pitch and flies into defenders, which you wouldn't expect normal pros to do in pre-season. So yeah, yeah we can see that. And hopefully keeps this scoring run going because he's in great form at the minute. Despite all the critics he still always has, he's still, he really is one of the best best strikers in the, in the in the country. Well, let's talk about um, some speculation. It's not regarding Mares or Vardy. It's um, Leicester City's assistant manager, Michael Appleton. He's been linked strongly. He's the favourite for the West Bromwich Albion job. Um, Alan Pardew sacked, finally sacked, because we've been waiting for the, the, the bullet, really, for the last few weeks. But um, he's managed to hang on and hang on and hang on, even though they've lost eight consecutive league games and look destined to drop into the Championship. Now, when Appleton joined City, uh, he joined uh, because of his relationship with Craig Shakespeare at the start of the summer. He said he left a manager's job at Oxford because of the draw of working in the Premier League. Do you think now he would drop down to the Championship to take on another management role at a club like West Bromwich Albion? Uh, as Claude said in the press conference, it's probably a better question to ask Appleton than it is to ask any of any of us. I don't know... He said when he joined, he said that the lure of the Premier League was one thing, and also he'd had enough talking to us a lot all the time, and he was quite happy to take a bit of a back seat for a while. And even when Shakespeare was sacked and Appleton had won his two games, even then he said, "Look, I'm not interested in. I don't want the, the job full time. I'm happy with my contract I've got as number two. Whether that changes, I, I can't see him want." I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know. It must be a massive temptation for him, though. I mean, a club like West Bromwich Albion, who just proved the point that you're never truly established in the Premier League, are you? The, the troubles they've had this season, but they've performed very strongly in the Premier League. 
over the recent years. I mean, certainly last season, the first half of the season, did brilliantly under Pulis and then it all fell away in the second half of the campaign. This season's been a disaster. But it's still a big club with a big fan base. All the clubs that he supported in the, uh, sort of managed in the past, I mean, Portsmouth, I would class as a, a, a good-sized club as well. But this must be uh, tempting for any number two if he gets offered the number one job at West Bromwich Albion. Well, yeah, you'd think so. But then you, you also need to look at what that what the club is like behind the scenes. Is it a club in as much turmoil as it looks like it is? Is that something that can be overcome quickly or is it something that's quite deep-rooted into the, into the club? Because you look at the likes of Chris Coleman taking over at Sunderland and, yeah, he's, he's put... He's, he's done quite well when he's been there but it looks like a club that's completely rotten from the bottom up is West Brom the same? I don't know Appleton will have to look at that and look at it and think can I turn this around? is is me going here good for my career? Could I, can I get them promoted straight away or am I going to be am I going to be looking at slogging it in the championship for a few seasons? They're all questions he's going to have to answer. Well, I mean, the, the danger is he could find himself in a Sunderland scenario and could be heading straight through the. the and that looks ter- and that looks terrible on your managerial CV, doesn't it? Um, so it's, it's, it's like a bit football in ter- terms. It's like a laxative, isn't it? It was when a club gets on the slide like that, you just can't stop it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Going straight down the toilet. So I, I mean, I'm probably slightly biased, but I think Appleton's doing a really good job here, and I think he's. Um, I think he's. he's Puel good seems here. to like him, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Yeah, and I know there were, I know there were queries when Puel first came in with whether whether we would keep him here, but I think he's done well. I think the the players have taken to him well. He's quite a good conduit between management and players. But even if they didn't like him, they wouldn't say anything to him, would they? No, I mean, if he tells you to do star jumps, you do star jumps. Don't you? <laughs> um, if he tells you to get the cones out, you get the cones out. Um, no, but. Uh, I suppose what's the important thing is, and it's what and what Claude hinted at in his press conference is, Appleton can't let that speculation affect him because the club, have, as it is with players, you have to stay focused on on the job in hand. And Leicester have got this battle for seventh place in the Europa League to fight for, and the club can't afford any member of its playing staff or coaching staff to be distracted. And I don't think I don't think Appleton will, but it's something that that's important. Well, for the second consecutive game now, uh, Leicester City is set to face a side that's got a Leicester City player in in their ranks on loan. Um, Islam Slamani can't play, obviously, um, because of the terms of his loan from City to uh, Newcastle. And he hasn't been playing anyway, has he? He's <laughs> got to bench once. Yeah, because of injury. Um, that £2 million loan, loan fee is looking mildly yeah, great business. Expensive, isn't it? Yeah. But let's talk about his future, because Pearl's been asked in that press conference today uh, whether he's got uh, a future at Leicester City. And um, he didn't really... Well, he sort of answered it, didn't he? He sort of said, well, we'll see. We'll have a conversation in the summer. Um, yeah, I mean... But reading between the lines... Yeah. If they can find someone to move him on to... Yeah, I guess it, I guess we're at fault in, at times in this for putting two and two together and getting five. But managers have the chance in this situation to say, oh, no, he's, he's definitely part of my plans. I just want him to get some game time. But he didn't say that. No. He just said... Mm, we'll, we'll, have a, we'll have a conversation in the summer about it and then we'll decide that doesn't fill me with much confidence and, and he said it about the, the rest of the lone lads as well so yeah Moose uh, Kingy well we know Kingy we know Swansea quite keen on him he's, he's nominated for their, their player of the month this season as well uh, this month um, yeah I mean I, if they can find someone that's willing to pay a fair percentage of what Leicester paid to um Sporting Lisbon for him, 
he's not going to play here next season. No, I think Paul will be looking uh, to bring in his own players. Uh, this will be a very, very interesting transfer window uh, this summer. Obviously, with the time constraints with the World Cup and the earlier finish to the window. But um, in fact, it's Puel's first summer of transfer business. It'll be interesting to see what he wants to do because I imagine he'll want to do quite a bit of work on this squad. Yeah, I think so. I think this is going to be a quite a momentous transfer window. I know we had a momentous transfer window after the title winning season when you thought this is the time to strengthen and now none of those players that were bought in that summer are at the club currently. Um, so that was a bit of a disaster. But this this time is big because we've got a manager now in Puel who has his own idea of how he wants this club to evolve and how he wants them to play. He's already trying to move them away slightly from the constant counter-attacking football that they play because he feels that clubs have worked Leicester out and that that made them too one-dimensional. He's trying to add a more composed side to their play. So he's got an idea of what he wants. And now this is his first chance, really, of being able to sign players that will fit into that system. It just feels like for some some of the players of the squad, it's like a a natural time for change because some of them are coming to the end of their contracts, some of them who have been valiant service like Robert Huth look like they can possibly be moving on in the summer. It, it just looks like naturally there's going to be a lot of change. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to single out... I don't, don't want to single out Danny Simpson and saying, oh, he's definitely going to go. But that quarter-final against Chelsea looked like a real... It seemed real, like a really stark moment because there were so many times where Leicester got, the fullbacks got forward uh, and Leicester got into a crossing position, and the person trying to put that ball in was Danny Simpson, who, by his own admission, would probably suggest that would have admit that that's not his best side of the game. Best side of his game is keep it tight at the back. He, he I'd say Simpson is probably one of the one of the best defenders in the Premier League, but he offers you not as much as that going forward. He's, well, so he's trying to improve that and he's working hard to improve that and I think he has improved that slightly. Whether it's enough for what Puel wants his fullbacks to be able, be able to do, like Ben Chilwell can do on the other side, that's an, another question. But it seems like there, there are a few, there are players in that team that you look at and think, are you really exactly what Claude Puel wants in your position? And there are quite a few of those players, I think. And so it's going to be really key really interesting to see who who he tries to bring in to fill in those gaps. Well, that's further down the line. Um, more immediately, it's Newcastle yeah. next up here at the King Power Stadium. Um, the Geordies have been in good form lately and pulled themselves up to mid-table. They seem to have uh, eased any relegation fears, which, been a, which is job done in terms mm. of first season back yeah. in the Premier League. And Rafa Benitez has done a great job there, in my opinion, under difficult circumstances yeah, at the time. Yeah, he has, because he's, had not, he's not really had much money to spend. I know they're going through the whole issue with Mike Ashley and the ownership of the club and that brings uncertainty regarding where the club is and also how much you can spend. But Rafa's done... He's, he's a really good manager, isn't he? So he's done, he's done a real fine... Because at the start of the season, they looked like they were in real trouble because they just couldn't find a way to score goals. But they've managed to find a way of earning points and getting on that table. And I think... There are teams in this division that are in a lot worse trouble than they are, so I think they're pretty much safe. But credit to, to Rafa, he's done a cracking job. I mean, it's, who are the danger men? Dwight Gale, we've got Matt, Matt Ritchie, Ritchie looks Ken, really good. Kennedy, John Just Shelby. So, decent players, but not, you wouldn't say they're like top, top, um, top draw players. No, you, you, look, you look at them, you, you don't pick out. Like, if you look at Leicester, you go, 
Vardy Mars. Vardy Mars. Yeah. You, you look at them and go, they they are going to cause you serious problems. You look at Newcastle squad and they haven't really got any standout stars. Um, Shelby possibly the most well, na- naturally gifted of them all. The campaign growing for Shelby to get into the England squad. I mean, I'd, I'd probably back that campaign if he wasn't. Um, he's a controversial character, shall we say? Yeah. Controversial character, yeah. I think. That's um, yeah, I didn't want to. Yeah, probably the best way of putting it. The fact that he just gets sent off all the time and he's a bit of a loose cannon doesn't help his case. If on pure football ability alone, there are a few players in central midfield who are as good as him, but there's quite a lot of baggage that comes with him, which I don't, which I think holds him back when it comes to um, England selection. Well, you touched on it there, there about um, the Geordie fans, how they're not exactly enamoured with the leader of their club, Mike Ashley. Bit of a contrast to here at Leicester City, where oh, great segue that. I know, as if I planned <laughs> it. Uh, Shai, who's celebrating his birthday, we believe it's his 60th birthday because he's giving away 60 season tickets to fans yeah. randomly. But there's going to be quite a few celebrations on on Saturday for Shai's birthday. Yes. And um, I mean, I'm not a big fan of forced fun anyway. Mm-hmm. But um, no, the, as owners go, he's done, he's, they've been great for the club. Um, in the, since the taking over the club, Leicester have gone from they've won the Championship and they've won the Premier League and they've been in the quarterfinals of the Champions League and are now a club that is looking to battle in the top half of the Premier League. You just sit, you, fans love them. You, there's a lot of bad press about foreign owners um, and what they can do to footballers when they take over. Well, we just mentioned uh, about West Bromwich Albion. I mean, it's when Jeremy Peace has left that it's all gone down the toilet for them. But look, it's like winning the lottery, isn't it, when you get an owner coming. You don't know who they are and they suddenly turn out to be billionaires. We didn't even know how much money they had when they first come in and took over the club. And, uh, you know, they've come come in and they've done a wonderful job, let's be honest. Yeah, they have. And, and, I mean, even, I know, small gestures like... Scarves, beers, well, beer on Saturdays, do- beer. donuts, all these little things. I know, like on on their own, they're like they're quite trivial things, but fans appreciate that, and mm. especially in a, in a in an industry now where rising price of tickets and things, fans start to feel like customers more than valued valued supporters of a club. I think the Leicester's owners have, have gone have gone a, a way of of making them feel. Like they are the blue army, aren't they? And I think sixty season, sixty season tickets is a great is a great offer. No, it's a nice gesture. That. Yeah, but Mum's got her fingers crossed that she might be one of the ones that gets the free one. Uh, yeah, little gestures like that. They, for someone who's got as much as much money as Vichai, sixty season tickets at four hundred quid a pop is, is small potatoes to him. But it, but to, to fans of a club. It means a lot. It's a PR great sort of move, isn't it, for for, for the Kung Fu Chai and uh, and, the, and the owners of the club? Yeah, of course it is. And they've, they've, there's no denying they've done a, they have done an excellent job. Um, they've made some tough decisions at times, which have been unpopular decisions at times. But they've always, the majority of them have have shown themselves to be astute ones. Um, not bigger than getting rid of Claudio mm. but in the long run that's proven to be a correct footballing decision they make decisions for the interest of the club and Leicester have reaped the benefits of that and you can't really ask you can't really ask for more than that from owners who are make decisions for the interest of the club and are willing to invest their own money in taking the club forward and the owners have done that well let's hope uh, a Leicester City victory over Newcastle will be the icing on the birthday cake for the birthday boy on Saturday and you can follow us 
live blog throughout the afternoon. James will be manning the uh, the computer there to uh, keep you updated with everything that's going on here at the King Pass. And I'll be there as well. We'll do lots of uh, uh, breakout stories after the game, getting all the reaction. Uh, in the meantime, check out our Mercury website and our Facebook page for all the stories and the build-up to uh, Newcastle on Saturday. Don't forget beer52.com. And thanks for joining us. We'll be with you again soon.